You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. Because I, I, kinda, I had an expectation level of how I could perform as a sighted golfer, and I didn't want to embarrass myself as a blind golfer, and, and so I, I wasn't really interested for a period of time. What did the psychologist tell you? I mean, what did they share with you about how to, how to deal with it? Yeah, he, he was great because being a blind psychologist, he was totally blind. So he could empathize where my friends and my family could sympathize. You know, it's like, oh, I couldn't imagine that's got to be tough. And when a friend of mine said, well, at least you still have some sight. I'm like, you're not wrong. But I also, you know, you kind of don't really know what you're talking about. It was hard to take that from somebody like they had good intentions. But when you hear that and you're all of a sudden legally blind, you're like not willing to hear that from certain people. So talking to a, I would a bet, psychologist. I would bet that anyone that couldn't really share a personal experience with you. Um, it is almost like unlistenable. Like, shut up. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I, as long as the intentions are good, like I'm definitely, I'm listening, but at that time when it's so yeah. raw and so new, it's so hard to, to like have a smile on and be like, yeah, you're totally right, man. Thank you. Uh, but the yeah. blind psychologist was great because he was totally blind. And as I'm talking to him and vent what he allowed me to vent, which was really nice. And I would complain about things, but you know, here I would kind of look at him and see him as someone who's totally blind and is a professional. He's, he's a professional psychologist. He has a wife, he has children. And yeah. I was just like, huh, you know, if this guy's totally blind and can have a wife and children and a family and a career, like I'm 19 years old and legally blind, like I can still live a good life. So I, I thought he just, he just embodied something that, that made me feel good that my, my life and my world wasn't over. It's so important being seen, you know, it, I, and I, no pun intended, but no, it's true. being right. witnessed, right. Be, yeah. Saying, Oh wow, this person, you know, they can kind of really see me for who I am um, in a way that nobody else can, nobody else can, can, can empathize with our unique specific issues sometimes. And, and I know I didn't really think too much about what it would be like to be blind before I met and talked with you. Mm-hmm. Like, geez, I can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, Jeremy's sitting here creating a picture for me and I still have no idea. Yeah. I still can't really imagine what I would react, you know, what my reaction would be, how I would operate day to day. And so I can only imagine being 19 and, having other people who nothing's gone wrong tell you i I can imagine that was that would be really helpful to talk with that person because i i remember when when we had we we all had dinner together and we we went through an experience where we we had dinner and they shut all the blinds we put blindfolds you know on and we were all eating without seeing a single thing Mm -hmm. and there was such a temptation to lift up that blindfold to yeah. to to cheat at it to to yeah. peek and go oh yeah. well, what is 
you know, what is this? Did, you know, I can't get this on my fork. You know, let me. Yeah. yeah, let me just get it. It's, I've been digging at this little potato for five minutes. Yeah, let, let me let me just, I just peek. I'll just look real right. quick, grab it, and move on. Right. And yeah. you know, to not be able to scratch that itch, to not you know, to not be able to do that, must have had a level of frustration. I don't. I don't even know. I didn't even talk to you about your experience during that dinner because you you had the blindfold on just like I did, mm-hmm. and you lost peripheral sight, which I, right. I would imagine you rely on. Uh, tremendously, you know, kind of move around and see things. How did, how was that experience for you? Well, still one of the best dinners I've had this year. Like one of the best meals, uh, (laughs) food was dang good. Um, thanks to John, John Bonnell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was such good food. Um, so that was phenomenal. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was an uncomfortable experience even for me because I'm, I'm in this middle world, right? I have a foot in the blind world and a foot in the sighted world, but I'm not fully in either. Uh, so to strip me from my peripheral vision, I was uncomfortable as well. I was having to try things, do new things and be in an uh, uncomfortable position. But um, yeah, and I, and I think that's the interesting part is like you guys and, and even I can take that blindfold off and go back to what I know and what I'm used to. And that's the the difference is the challenges of people who are totally blind don't have that luxury. Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the interesting things to me um, when we were having that meal was how um, people really like felt in the social setting felt a lot more pronounced, I would say in their mm. natural mode. So like the extroverted mm. people yeah. that we were with they were dominating the conversation and, <laughs> and I, I didn't say anything. Yeah. I was I'm not, I'm not so sure you quiet. were there. Yeah. 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 Now, right. But that was a, that was a function of everyone being blind. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I can, I can only imagine being someone who is not, not super comfortable in large crowds uh, being blind um, and having to deal with, with, People like I get what I noticed when I when when I was silent was that the reason I was silent was nobody was pulling me in. Right. They couldn't see me. Right. They couldn't see me and I couldn't see them. So I had even fewer tools than I normally have to be able to connect. And when I have all of those tools, I don't connect. Yeah. You you didn't have to nod your head or look at who was speaking. There was I was just I was listening. I was paying attention, but I wasn't going to jump in being blind in that moment. I don't know. What was that experience like for you adjusting to just a social group? Where Knowing that everybody couldn't see you either. Right. Well, yeah, could, it, I'm right. saying, I'm saying when you, when you lost in your general, sight, and people oh, can see you yeah. and you're like, Oh geez, what, you know, how do I interact? Yeah. It's difficult. And it's something that you kind of get, you got to get okay with dealing with awkward situations and not get too, freaked out, nervous, and uncomfortable with them. You just got to know that they're going to happen and you got to be able to laugh it off. It took me years to be comfortable with that. But even now when we're in this COVID world where, you know, for, you know, we had to be separated by at least six feet. And so I would do backyard hangouts with group of groups of friends and someone <laughs> would say, Hey, how was your weekend? And I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have like, if I'm, two feet, three feet from you having just a normal conversation. I know when you're looking at me and talking to me, but if there's eight people at a circular table and someone says, says, how was your weekend? And they're looking directly at me. 
if I can't tell that they're looking at me, I wait a little bit and then I might say, wait, you're asking me. And then they're like, yeah. And, and then I kind of have this mental gymnastics of, Oh God, like I, geez, I hope they don't, you know, think I was being rude or something, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's difficult because I also quote unquote look sighted, right? I, I put this central blur on people's eyes and make them feel as comfortable as humanly possible, even though they're blurred out to me. But uh, that's what is also interesting. I'm kind of incognito with this. I don't use a guide dog or a, a cane, so I don't look blind when I'm out in public. So it's, it's pretty interesting. What were some of the decisions you were faced with when you came to the realization that you were legally blind? I mean, what did you, what changed in your life other than the sight? I mean, what did you have to, to deal with? Well, I was in college at the time. And so a, a big decision was whether or not I go back to school or if I drop out. And there's so many people who are successful dropouts out there that I just thought I could take the easy way out of this drop out of college and just kind of do whatever at home, sulk, complain about this whole thing. Um, and I really wanted to, but I didn't. Um, and I, I could have easily just kind of stayed in this pity party of woe is me. Why did this happen? And, and just have a lot of philosophical questions that you don't have answers to, but you can wallow in that for a long time. But someone told me something once that, that has resonated with me. And they said that you're allowed to visit the poor me house, but you aren't allowed to move in. And mm. I thought that was really powerful because there's a lot of times we go through difficult situations in business and in life. And we, we want to like, we see TV shows and movies where people just immediately are like, I'm okay, everything's going to be okay. And they move forward, but that's not reality. And you, you need to, you need to be bummed out for a period of time. Um, and, and whatever that duration is, is up to you, but you can't move into that. You have to, you have to move forward. And I, I thought that was really meaningful. Something that I still remember to this day, I still think about something I try to share with others. And, you know, if someone's newly diagnosed with this condition, I have LHON. Um, I, I tell them that like, you're allowed to visit the poor me house. You're allowed to go there, spend time but just don't move in and, and I'm, I'll be there to help you get out of it. And, and there is a brighter future. Um, they might not see it pun intended, but there, there is. And I think those are some of the decisions that I had to deal with. Walk me, walk me through how that happens. You know, so as a blind golfer, obviously you, you can't see the distance, you can't see the pin, you know, or even the, even the direction. How is that? What are the mechanics of how that's happening? Just kind of walk through that. So which shot do you want me to talk to? Like a, a full shot off the tee, a chip shot, a putt? Well, I, I remember when you and I, you and I were hitting a, f a few, right? Yeah. And the, <laughs> you said, you said, you know, tell me sort of where the flag is and how far it is out. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember saying, okay, well, there's the, you know, the first flag is about 185 yards. And then there's, you know, the other, you know, it's, it's in front of that other one. That's about 200 yards. And, and you said, Sean, if I could see the flags, I wouldn't need your, <laughs> your help. <laughs> and so you, you had had me sort of, you know, on this drive, uh, kind of point in the right direction and kind of give some, you know, move a little left, move a little right, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. I think it, it would seem like the drive is probably the easiest shot because somebody can just, get, you can kind of give it all you got, I guess. Uh, somebody can give you a distance and direction, but mm -hmm. how do you, what are the mechanics of how you go from there? 
Yeah. So I think anybody who knows anything about golf could really guide me uh, right off the bat. And I just tell them how to do it on the first hole. And I agree if I'm driving it well, um, then it's just like, hey, point me five yards left of center. And hopefully I put a little five yard cut on it to the middle of the fairway. And and what they do is just look at my feet. And it's a little it's like a video game. When I step over the ball, I can see the ball down there with my periphery. I'm looking a little above it, but they tell me with my feet to go left or right. And and then when they say good, I, I pull the trigger and hit the shot. But yeah, from there, it's it's a lot of communication. It's okay. Now, we're, let's say we're in the fairway. We hit a good drive and we have 160 yards. Okay. Is it 160 yards to a middle flag? No wind? Okay. For me, that's a stock eight iron. So same thing as the driver. I'll pull the eight iron, do a practice swing, point me in the direction. And same thing with the feet, say go left or right. And then I hit the shot. And then we kind of deal with it from there. If I miss the green, we, we have a chip shot. If I hit the green, we have a putt. And again, a lot of communication as to where it is. When I get closer to the hole, if I'm, let's say, inside 20, 25 yards, I'll walk it um, from my ball to the hole to really get a feel of the distance, um, to see where Just the flag is. Yeah. So if it's, if it's 20 okay, yards, so I'll this... walk it and feel it. Jeremy, does this prove this exercise? You 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 find the ball. Yeah, we're twenty yards away. You're gonna walk, step to the pin, and then turn around, step back, and just kind of feel how things are. Um, that means that stepping on someone's line is like not worth getting mad about, right? Uh, I avoid people's lines. I mean, you're doing it to your own line. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it to my own line. But if my thing is, if I'm doing it to my own line and I chip it, but because I walked it off, I chip it to four feet rather than if I don't walk it off, I chip it to 15 feet because I wasn't fully aware of the situation. Uh, I'll take a four foot putt with a little bit of uh, my my footprints on it than a 15 footer with no footprints. All right, fair enough. <laughs> making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.